Poker Tov, morning. All right, you're ready. Bye-bye. We learned the parasha of Vayelech yesterday. But last night I was reading a fascinating uh, shiur by Rabbi named Rabbi Menachem Liebtag. And he was explaining the idea behind Parashat HaAzinu. So, but I want to go through one of the details of Parashat Vayelech, which is essential to understanding Parashat HaAzinu. Um, if you look... Here. Where is it? Look in Parashat Vayelech. Yes. Where? See, so I'm right there. Wait, should we? <laughs> no. Where is it? Okay, here. Look at look at Hamishi. Yes. Pasuk seventeen. Yes. Okay. I'm so. Good. Yes. Hashem turns to Moshe in Pasuk fourteen and he says, yeah. "You are about to die." And then he shows up to Yoshua and to Moshe and he te- and he, in, a, in a pillar of cloud. And he says, Behold, you're about to die. And this people, they're going to go after other gods. They're going to go and they're going to stray after foreign gods. And they're going to leave me and they're going to nullify the covenant that I made with them. And then on that day, I'm going to get angry with them. Pasuk 17. Mm-hmm. I will leave them and I will cover my face. Yes. My and they will be for food for their enemies. All these bad things will occur to them. Wow. And then they will say, and here is the key. This is what the rabbi was saying in the shiur. Here is the key. And they will say on that day. Because there, were no, there was no God amongst us, all of these bad things have occurred. So now the question is, with this statement that B'nai Israel make, what is their intent when they're saying, these things are occurring to us because there's no God amongst us? Are they saying this in anger? Saying, oh, God was never with us anyways. No. This God is, uh, no. this God is a God who doesn't care about they his people. They understood, they understand that. So, that. so that's the question. So if you look at Rashi, I think Rashi brings both interpretations. He says... Either you could interpret this as they are, uh, maybe, maybe it's in Rashi or maybe it's in Ramban. Mm-hmm. He says, either you could interpret this as them being angry with Akadosh Baruch Hu and claiming that Akadosh Baruch Hu is not with them. Or it's a form of teshuvah. Like, oh, the reason these bad things are happening to us is because God is not with us anymore because we sinned. Mm-hmm. But, let me see, let me see if it's fine in Rashi. Alki end Elohai Bikribi. We are still Hamishi. We are just before we go into. Yeah, yeah. There's hardly any rushes on this. What pasuk are you looking? Yeah, No, it's in, it's in Ramban. It's in Ramban. No, even even Tzadik Panai is not clear. Okay, so so the Rabbi Nashur uh, was was analyzing this pasuk. He's saying, B'nai Israel, they they. Still not much, but it's kind of what you're saying. But not number three. No, it's not. 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 It's not.
are they saying it in a penitent way? Are they saying it because we we sinned and we lost the opportunity to have God with us and therefore all these bad things are happening? Or are they saying it in anger and saying that God doesn't even care about us? It's it's uh, This God is a cruel God. He's not even with us and that's why all these bad things are happening. Most probably... I mean, so the two, the two sides. Maybe there are the two, two sides, sides. Yes. but, but what the rabbi was saying, warning. what the rabbi was saying is, warning. if you look, it seems like maybe it is actually the second one. It is that they're saying this in anger. They're saying this with a claim against Boreolam, because if you look at the intro to Shirat Azinu, it says. Um, here, huh? I'm going to bring as testimony before you or against you the heavens and the earth. Now, why would you bring testimony against Bnei Israel? To prove that I'm always there. Yeah, always it's, there. it's to prove something. <laughs> it's to prove something that's going against what they're currently thinking. You're bringing the Edim against Bnei Israel to prove to them that what you thought about Borei Olam is false. So don't think that Borei Olam is not with you. It's not it's that he's not with you. This is the proof. He's with you in your suffering. You just don't see. He's, he's with you in your suffering. And even when you don't see him with you, it's your own fault. It's not that he left you. It's that you left him. Yes. You left that's him. the problem. That's the thing you have to understand. So, that's, so Shirat HaAzinu is going to prove two things. It's going to prove that Borei Olam is not the one who leaves us. We are the ones who leave him. And the second thing you're going to see in HaAzinu is that even when he does leave us, he's not really leaving us. He's always there. Yes. And that all of the suffering that occurs to us Occurs to us like a King punishing a subject No, it's like a father punishing the son These are all themes that are explicit in Ha'azinu he's watching and, he's not doing and that's no why Ha'azinu is the book That we're supposed to ca- Is the song that we carry with us In all of the difficulty Because in all of the difficult situations Like in the uh, Shalom In like a, in a holocaust In the Shoah The biggest question becomes Where is, is where is Borei Olam? Wow. So in Ha'azinu is the song that we carry with us to say, all of these difficulties, God has never left us. That, that's what Hazinu is for. So it's a beautiful intro to the song of Hazinu. Now we could begin the Shira. Hazinu Hashamayim Ba'adabera Betishma Ha'aretz Imrefi. Listen, heavens, and I will speak the earth and to the words of my mouth. This is Moshe Rabbeinu's song, okay? Listen to the heavens and I will speak to the, uh, And the land should hear the words of my mouth Now we, we said yesterday the theme that this is And a lot of the Pirushim do say this by the way They make this connection That this brings us all the way back to Briyat HaOlam yes. right? the, the creation, God's We touched on this, touched on this yesterday Shior. The God, God's creation His creation in Briyat HaOlam In the first day of creation When He created everything That, that same creation testifies against the other, or testifies on behalf of the other creation, which is the Torah, or the rules of the Torah, or the beauty of the Torah. Okay, it's, a, it's a deep idea. Ramban, Ramban brings it down. He says, he says he first he gives the Peshat. What's the Peshat, by the way? That's a deeper idea. But what's the Peshat? Why would you bring testimony from the heavens and the earth? Because they will be there forever. Because they're there forever. forever. They're, they're there forever. Or the other interpretation that's brought down, I think Rashi and Ramban both bring this down, is that because the heavens and the earth or the means with which God punishes the people. Yes, through, through the heavens, through the heavens not bringing food. the rain, and through the earth, I'm not producing the produce. Yes. 
So because they are essential to the success of the people, yeah, they're, they're if he wants to bring testimony against them, he uses the things which wow, he would have used to punish them. Right. So that that those are the ideas. Those are peshat ideas. And the Ramban says, Ramban says, al But the truth of the matter is that this is a secret that connects us back to the creation of the world. Yeah, the shemaim in the areas. If you don't have rain, you cannot drink water. You're dead. Yeah, but again, al derech the shemaim in the areas is reference back to virat olam, and you have to recognize that borei olam, the one who created the rules of nature, also created the world rules of proper living and of societal success, and. The same way the, there's a go, going to be rules of how the earth is constantly, consistently going to go around the sun and we're going to have consistently the, the, all of the systems Season. that are built into nature, we're also going to have with complete consistency the rules that Borei Olam lays out in the Torah for how a nation could succeed in its land. It, I think it's parallel. They're parallel, it's parallel. Exactly. It's so beautiful that it's parallel. Yeah, it's parallel because ah. Borei Olam created both. Pasuk 2, Yarov kam matar Let my... Lekach, my lesson, drip down like rain. Tizal katal imrati. Let it flow like dew, my saying. Kis'iri maledeshe, like raindrops on grass. And like showers upon grass. Now what's the difference between, we said this in last year's shiur. A lot of the things that I'm going to say in this year's shiur are the same as last year because a lot of it was technical understanding of the words. So... Yeah, uh, what is a lekah? Yeah, I know, we have to go in two minutes. What, what is a lekah? Lekah is a lesson. A lesson. Why does it mean a lesson? Because what do you... What do you have... How do I say to transmit my teaching? Masoret. Masoret is like the tradition. For the thing, limsor. To transfer to the next generation. So when I give masoret to you, what do you have? You're lokeach, so you're, that's a lekach. Okay, so the masoret translates into a lekach. Masoret means something that you transfer, it's like a lesson that you transfer. Lekach is a Hebrew word for taking, it means to take something. Okay, so that's why lekach means a lesson. Now next, uh, what is the relationship, what is deshe and what is aisev? We said this yeah, in last year also. Also last year. Deshe is like when you see a large tract of grass, that's deshe. Esev could mean one of those blades. Okay, so deshe is like whenever you see the... The long, the pasture. Desha could mean pasture. And Esev is grass. Okay, that would be the more proper definition. Finally, why is the Torah compared to rain on grass? So there are a few beautiful because ideas. that's the only way that the grass can live and stay green. Good. So the most basic understanding of why the Torah is compared here, the Torah is compared to water, right? Like rain. And this is one of the most famous, most common metaphors for the Torah in the entire Chazal, in the entire Jewish tradition. Torah is compared to water across the board in every single aspect. The most basic aspect is because it's a life-sustaining, it's a life-sustaining resource. It's a life-sustaining resource. So everything that wants to live needs water, and the same way, if we want to survive in our lives, we need the Torah. Basic idea. But there are deeper. There are other ideas. For example, what this is something Rabbi Sachs wrote in his uh, in his in his uh, book. Whenever you have rain. It showers upon a tree of apples. It showers upon a tree of pears. It, tra- it showers upon a watermelon plant and this and that. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate and everything grows in its own way. Yes. Wow. Every faster, single thing, every single thing grows in its own particular way using the same exact resource. And the same way the Torah 
even though it's the same book for all of us, we each, each, we each take it and use it to grow in our own way as well. So the same way every person is different, the same way every plant is different, but they use the same resource to grow in their own independent way, we, every individual, has their own individuality, so we take from the Torah, that same Torah helps us grow into our own individual way as well. Interpreting differently. We all interpret it differently and we take from it, we apply it to our lives where we need to apply it. We each have our own unique, based on our own life experiences, we have our unique understanding of it. I applied last week's... Uh, Hurricane Ida, like when you had overflood, I said, I looked at it, I said, look, the water has always someplace to go. God created the soil. Imagine it, it didn't absorb. But even then, it was too much, excessive, and then what happened? Okay, it, it became okay, up and overflowed. So it showed, it showed me that anything in excess is not good. Uh, That's, you look at it like in a positive way, you say it's excess. It's a nice lesson you learned. I just don't know how to apply it to the Torah. In Torah and excess and nothing. Maybe there was no such thing as excess Torah. Yeah. Uh, the, the final idea with water, and that's a, this is also a classic, is that it flows to the lowest place. There's only room for one cook in the kitchen. Yeah. It's either Borei Olam or you. Right? <laughs> and if you make yourself the main cook in the kitchen, then... It's, you're not gonna. You're gonna, get you're not gonna be able. You're not. You're gonna burn the food. Meaning, you're not going to have the Torah. The Torah flows to the place where it's humble, to the place the person who makes himself small, who turns off his ego. Then he can also accept the Torah. But if he makes himself large, then he's like makes himself a mountain. Then the the, the water never stays at the peak. It always flows to the bottom. So the Torah will not sit with you. It's gonna be the highest level of chacham or the lowest level of layman, and the Torah will still find its way to find Oh, oh, that's another idea. That's cute. You see what he's saying? He's saying it's even if you're, if you're, it's a more of a Hasidic one, right? Okay, our, our Hasidic <laughs> one. You, you came back with your Hasidic. There's Torah for even for even for the person, the lowest person there is Torah. That's a nice Hasidic one.